0: AO, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up was it teal lawrence I don't think so. Uh, it wasn't teal. <laughs> I'm teal today, so I think yeah, that's why I'm with teal. I,
2: you know, we'll I, use the teal uh, in, in a couple hours when we do bats together. Oh, Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah.
0: I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Along with me today is Herb Lawrence. Hello. follow him on uh, Twitter at Echnerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We are being produced today by The Law Dog. Hoo, 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 this hoo, is so hoo, weird hoo, being here. It's yeah. so weird. <laughs> What's up, Lawrence?
2: Hi, I haven't been on a sock show in six months. Well,
0: and honestly, I'm, gl- Anything I'm very good.
2: Or bad half on this season i'm
0: very happy to have you on because you are the number one tlr tlr hater that i Hell know yeah so i'm very glad that you have this day that you could celebrate it's this the best day ever white Sox fans could celebrate this who's your daddy is asking in the comments do we know how to pronounce griff Fole yet uh so that's how we have met pedro grief uh, it is, he just, he just I just did missed, it again. Yeah. All right. So Vinny will be joining us from guarantee Rayfield. He talked to the man today and we'll, we'll get updates for that. I that. think it's Griff it's, it's it's, it's two words. It's the pronunciation guide that they put out. It's two words, G R I F in little, uh, you know, little letters. And then in big letters, it was full. So I, I would say Griff full.
2: Okay. Those are not words. Those are called uh, syllables. I failed that class. Pronunciation guides, it's not words. Those are just syllables. In second grade, I I had passing (laughs) honors and everything else.
0: Uh, pronunciation and uh, what's it called? Uh, phonics. Phonics. You phonics? Yeah. yeah, I yeah. failed phonics. Yeah. Wow. So this whole thing, you put the wrong person in charge here. Uh, but <laughs> Griffol, 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 Pedro Griffol, <laughs> And Grifful. That's who we met today, the forty-second white uh, manager of the Chicago White Sox. Herb. Early impressions are
3: awesome. Just um, look what AJ saying. A difference between the emotions you saw that Rick Hahn had. When he had to introduce T- Tony LaRussa and today mercy I tell you what I've never seen a man more happy like I don't know what his wedding pictures look like but some might be look similar that man was cheesing from ear to ear when he got to hire Pedro Griffal and speaking of the man himself Pedro I mean how better to start off with a great story about his family mm-hmm. with his wife and his three daughters having to tell them when like ten years ago hey I'm thinking about being a um, a guy that's out of the office from being a, what is he, a draft guy? He was,
0: uh, I think it was front office yeah. scout.
3: Uh, or let me and this. to being a minor league manager, it's Like there, he said there was a big time money uh, difference where you're in the office, you're making real money and you can live a comfortable life in Phoenix at the time. And then he said, you have to downshift if I'm a minor league manager because i'll be making less money you won't be seeing me as much because then i gotta go to do winter ball in different uh caribbean countries and so are you guys good with that and his daughter said you know how can you ask us and tell us to chase our dreams when you're not chasing your own i was like heartwarming melted farm director thank you guys yes yeah how 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 can you chase your dreams i tell us to chase our dreams when you're not chasing your own and for his daughters to have that wisdom at that age and to tell their daughter and tell their dad, to give them permission to do all these things. What a beautiful story. What a family man. That is a great story. I want to root for the man. Now I'm right. invested in him because of that's how we started the presser off. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. And what do you to say about marrying analytics with regular baseball gut stuff? Beautiful. I love it. I love the,
0: didn't we just hear that with Tony La Russa? I, I don't care no, about that that much.
3: No, yes. no, he said he has observational analytics, That which, which told me that he's throwing all the shit about analytics away immediately. Observational analytics meant his gut feeling. That was what he was talking about. No, Whoa. this guy's actually done it. He's got the bona fides, and he knows when and when not to do it. He said it would lay the foundation for how they prepare for the games. Analytics would. Yeah. And I was like, beautiful, finally. We're I mean, into the the
0: 21st century, finally. But if any manager's not saying that in a press conference, I, I want them, you know out in the, the town square. Like I, I they don't need to be manager anymore. All right. Exactly. So so and I wasn't a big fan of the last guy, all right? I made that very clear that I wasn't a big fan of the last I guy I don't think anybody
3: so, was at the beginning. I think right. the very few White Sox fans are like, oh I remember 83 and yeah, he got a raw deal in 86 Let's bring him back. And there were a couple people like that. For the majority of the people, they hated the hiring. This one, Pedro Griefall. mercy. I tell you what, it's just a breath of fresh air from a person I never heard of before the month of October. <laughs> it seems like he is the right fit. And you could tell that Rick, this was Rick's hire. Right. This was Rick's hire right here. He feels great about the man he brought in and the manager he brought in. Yeah. And I there was a couple of moments
0: where you just saw him actually like beaming and and having this huge smile on his face. Um, And I I don't want to compare it too much to the Tony La Russa introductory press conference because many different circumstances. One of them was on Zoom. One of them was during COVID. Right. It was a little bit different. um, So I bet it was probably just a stressful day for Rick or this one. You know, listening to (laughs) Pedro Griefel, that's an adult. That is somebody that just understands it. That is somebody who has gone through everything in their life. Fantastic communicator. Uh, I know I kept joking about that. Like, it seems like everyone, every candidate was a fantastic communicator. But this guy, I could listen to him talk for days. I mean, he's really interesting. Um, And that's the thing is I don't think he's like, he's interesting in a very boring way. He's just very competent, which is something I very much appreciate. Tony LaRusso was a train wreck. You weren't sure what he was going to say, what direction he was going to go in. You weren't sure what his answers were going to be. You weren't sure what rationale he was going to use. You won't get this Pedro Grifo, you know, one, two, intentional walk stuff, right? You should get a manager who's going to do things by the books, which is what I love. And what I think that he'll be able to do is explain his rationale very easily. So even if he does have an analytical, you know, reasoning or he has a gut feeling reasoning, he'll be able to explain that, which I'm going to be uh, very appreciative of. Um, I do love the comment from AJ in the chat saying, uh, big Griff also first nickname for, for Pedro Griffol. um, I also like, since we have Foal in the last name, maybe we could work in some, like, young deer stuff in here. But Big Griff, um, he's so excited for, about him, and he's already excited to go to war for Pedro Griefol. Um So I, I kind of feel a little bit of, in a similar way. I know it's competency. I know it's kind of a little bit boring. But, like,
3: after what we just had, I'm very excited about boring. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but I know he's from Miami, so he's from the same area but he sounds just like Alex Rodriguez to me. You close your ears no. or close your eyes and just listen. To me, it's cadence and how, is, how yeah. his, his words come out. I was like, is that Alex Rodriguez Is our new uh, manager? I would say he's a
0: little less robotic than Alex, and he's definitely more warm. Like, there's just something to Alex where it just feels like, even his laugh, it's like, <laughs> like, it's just like, he's like Woody the fucking woodpecker, where Pedro just seems like very, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I
3: want Pedro Graffal. To go up to this White Sox groundskeeper and introduce himself and say, hello, Roger Bozard. <laughs> and I want to hear that. Put to a test and put on audio so Chris Daniel can play it time and time again. Hello, Roger Bozard.
0: We got to get on that. We got to get a, a clip of A-Rod speaking and then a clip of uh, Pedro Grifold, uh speaking here. Did uh, I ruin it for you, Melissa?
3: What did she say? She said, oh, gosh, Herb, I hate A-Rod.
0: Yeah, I mean I most people do and I don't think I don't th- I mean A-Rod's yeah. Jerry's well, buddy. He'll kinda, be your new owner yeah.
3: after uh, Jerry uh, shuffles off. I don't know about that. Oh, boy. Um,
0: <laughs> we have the picture of Pedro in his uh, uniform. That was uh, This yeah, was the, the other uh, very, very minor story before we get into the uh, the stuff that he had to say outside of, uh, you know, the story that he had. And, again, I my reaction to that was, you know, he had me crying with that story about his kids. Just like, Ugh. you know, I'm, I'm all about chasing your dreams. You know, I that was my whole thing going out of college. Like, I want to do this whole sports media radio thing. Uh, right. And I was all about chasing my dreams. I don't care how much money I'm going to make. And he literally told that same exact story. And I'm like, oh, shit shit he's got me crying uh but here he is wearing uh Juan Uribe's number five and Josh Harrison's number five uh that was the first thing that started buzzing when Vinny tweeted out the uh uniform picture was that number five was taken he said that it's taking from uh Josh Harrison's number and Rick was quick to say uh you know Josh Harrison gave up the number so we're not sure if the player option (laughs) is being declined or uh picked up here uh what do we make of Pedro Griffol being number five Oh no! no. He, go ahead. Well, I was just
2: gonna say to me, just from a looks standpoint in this photo, he reminds me of James Franklin, the Penn State head coach. Yeah. Yes. Maybe with a little Tito Francona. I'm not sure. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that because I want to throw some baseball in there. But uh, yeah, he's a you know I like this the chrome dome shiny up top and uh, he's good good look in the number five. There. If James Franklin and Tito
0: Francona had a child in Miami, yeah. it would be Pedro Grifol. Yes. <laughs> okay. And there's like no A Rod in there. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, no weird. Purple lips. Come on.
0: <laughs> the I, one thing, too, is like uh, if you're Rick said, he was like, We're gonna, I'm gonna introduce this. We're gonna do the jersey, uh, awkward jersey exchange, and then Pedro's gonna speak. It was such an awkward jersey exchange. Oh, my goodness. Pedro couldn't get the buttons undone. He was, like, fumbling with the buttons. I think he was, like, mumbling to Rick, like, man, what kind of buttons do you guys use here? Like, man, the ones in KC are a lot better. Um, But, like, Rick's looking at, like, like the side. So, if you're – he's staring straight. He's looking at his left side the entire time. And, like, a child, they have to be like, Rick, look forward. Rick, we're going to take your photo here. Rick. So, that's why Rick kind of looks a little – Oh, God,
3: I hate this. An
0: awkward cheese there from uh, Rick on in that photo just because I don't think he was comfortable taking that photo
3: now i think that you know i'm sure they had to go to josh even though josh has a team option coming up and i'm sure the white Sox are mulling it over and it's not an easy decision for him. for me i think it's a pretty easy decision you let josh harrison go on the free agent market with the availability of be able to resign him if you want to because he is not necessarily gone from you once you do not uh, get that option for them. But I always find it odd, firstly, for managers to wear uniforms. uniform. Managers and coaches wearing uniforms is weird because they're not playing. I understand the etymology of this. I understand that they were player managers back in the day, so wearing a uniform was necessary. No, it's not. Just wear a warm-up. Wear socks-colored warm-ups. All managers and coaches. So you can differentiate. It looks weird when Dusty's wearing his uniform. He's got the damn uh, wristbands and the toothpick. It's, what are you doing? Would you see like uh, Matt Eberflus and some helmet and shoulder pads on the <laughs> sidelines? Is he about to go and play? But also, if you are going to get a uniform, get a number that no one's going to get. Get 93. I know these White Sox, they're a little tough because of the 79 and the 74 right. and the 88 already taken, and uh, Manny Ramirez is 99. Well,
0: you were but, just hired in 2022. Why not twenty twenty or just be 22 and take Tony's old number? Just get a different number. Uh. Like, so no player,
3: <laughs> like, there's going to be a free agent player. I guarantee that comes to the White Sox. Like, you know, I like the number five. And do you have it, Pedro Griefall, get your ass out of here. Oh, my God, is Brandon Mo 5 No, I don't know he is. But, like, that's a number that people would – uh, look to and say, hey, I like that number. That number looks good on my back. So, Pedro, get that shit off your back. But, yeah, it looks all right. But what is he, 22 or something? But Brandon Nemo's nine, so he's not wearing it anyways because of Mini. Oh, yeah, so he might have to go to five. So, yeah, I just don't like managers in uniforms. It's weird. And you barely see a manager in-game in a uniform. They're usually wearing the the overcoat or the, uh, the sweatsuit over the number anyway. So, get rid of managers' numbers. I want to start that. If I become commissioner... First thing I'll do, I know Vinny doesn't like it. Pre-game interviews with the managers gone. Then second thing, managers and coaches not wearing uniforms anymore. Gone out of there. Right, and actually I
0: like this point from Anthony Shulo. I, and the thing about the managers wearing baseball uniforms, I'm fine with Pedro wearing one because he's been he wore one to a wedding. This guy's been wearing. I mean, he's probably he probably wore one to his own wedding. We don't have pictures of it, but he's like, like he, when he he married his wife, was he in a baseball uniform?
3: He's like, I gotta go. I got a game after this baby.
0: Right. <laughs> Doubleheader. header we got a quick we're gonna do a quick hour here <laughs> then we're gonna have a, a, a three hour break and then i'll meet you at the reception at like six thirty. um i but the k- comment here from uh, anthony shulo at the bottom um saying seeing a lot of fans uh, in the comments saying i'll believe it when i see it enough with the pessimism uh, can we just celebrate the vil- victory of our socks acting like a baseball team i think this was the biggest takeaway that i had from from the white Sox. uh Rick Hahn spoke about the hiring process and the interview process. They had a drawer or a quote unquote drawer. I think it might be fake, um, but you know, you, you just picture a, a drawer. Rick Hahn wanted you to picture a drawer yeah. where they had a bunch of files pulling out, right. And it was stuffed to the brim and they had 24 names. And then after talking with some people, it got up to 30 and then they interviewed eight people from seven different franchises. And then they had a, a second round of interviews, I think with a smaller group of people. And then they had finalists. Pedro obviously came, came out of, of the top of that. Um, So I I think the most interesting thing though was, you know, There were some internal candidates, Miguel Cairo being one of them. um, But Chris Getz was a part of the interview process. He was a part of the first round, and I know that some people were bringing him up as a potential manager, but it didn't seem like he was really getting that. Um, And then when they were asked uh, Rick about uh, and Rick and Pedro about the coaching staff that will come with him, Uh, Rick did confirm that uh, Ethan Katz and Kurt Hassler will stay as pitching coach and bullpen coach, respectively. Charlie Montoyo will be joining the staff as the bench coach. Um, We'll get to more about the comments that were mentioned about Charlie Montoyo because I think that might be a little bit interesting there but he will be joining as the bench coach and then all the other staff positions will need to be figured out um JJ Piccolo the Royals general manager said that obviously now that with Pedro being hired the White Sox and Royals might have to talk about some coaches going from the Royals to the White Sox so that's something to watch out for but Rick did say that you know they like to look inside but likely it's going to be an outside
3: hire for all of these positions which mercy I'm I'm a fan of I'm glad that Rick really introduced that we're gonna admitted that they're too insular. I mean, he globalized and said 30 teams are too insular. I think it's more the White Sox are the most insular team. And then, yeah, there's other teams that could be that. If you're the Astros, why wouldn't you be insular? You're the Yankees, Dodgers, other successful yeah, teams. Plus, all yeah, got to know about the cheating. Keep that inside. Exactly. I mean, they were cheating the other day with uh, Framber Valdez. I'm sure they were cheating last night with the no-hitter. By the way, did anybody get hyped about a no uh, combined no-hitter in the World Series. I didn't even See, know what happened. It's just so passe. Like, I saw it. I was like, congratulations, you won a game. Oh, my God. I didn't even care. But he said that they needed to get a reality check of their whole organization. I'm glad that he's listening to you guys out there. Listen to the fans who are finally voicing their opinions of like this organization is fundamentally flawed. We need outside the organization we need dna that is not white Sox because all of our stuff is tainted and chris gets sitting on in these interviews firstly he's not qualified for the job that he currently has he's doing per- i don't know about he- that what did he do before that what did pedro griffold do to be the man- minor
0: league organizer or-, 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 or whatever the f- he-, he had the he same did- job as uh- he chris did- gets
3: did in the Ma- Ma- mariners uh Yes, but he had did like minor league managing, he had did other stuff I don't know before this. this. He had done the work before. Area Scout. Chris Katz is now the run he runs in the minor leagues for the White Sox. How well are the minor leagues doing for the White Sox, Sean? Well, he's not picking the players and also I understand. but also
0: like coming in don't give me that look. Don't give me that smile. Yeah, the White Sox, like before 2022, had the worst farm system in the league, and now it's like 25th. It improved. It's not better, but it improved. And that's I don't really think Chris Getz's fault. People were very intru- intrigued by Project
3: Birmingham. I don't know if you could just take shots here at Chris Getz. Chris Getz does not did not deserve the job that he's currently, and he shouldn't be in the interviewing process for the new manager. He's the minor league coordinator. Get out of here. You don't. I understand your relationship with previous relationship with Pedro Griefall as Chris Katz was a player down there when uh, Pedro Griefall was uh, still with the organization. Congratulations. But I'm glad Rick went outside the organization, got ideas in how to prepare for games and how other teams prepared for the White Sox. He admitted that this team was different from the 1920 and early 2021 20, years to the end of 2021 to this whole 2022 season. People had admitted to him. It's like it was easy to plan versus you guys. You guys were lazy. You guys didn't you guys lacked energy. We were just like, okay, we can beat you. As you can see we, with the Royals record versus the White Sox in the last two years, ten and nine each of those years, they beat the White Sox when it came to head to head. And nowhere near the talent that the White Sox had. This is what Pedro Griefall said in the in the whole interview process. It's like, if we play with energy, we're winning. Right. We knew well, the that, White yeah. Sox were not going to be playing with energy every night. They weren't going to bring it every night. So it was a, an indictment of Tony Russo, indictment of the White Sox organization as a whole, without saying the names. And I loved it. I loved that Rick was a man enough to admit that his organization is flawed and that going outside the organization would be the best thing for this organization moving forward to get those opinions to make some change. That was what I felt about this whole Wait, thing.
2: Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How, did, how did Rick slide this past Jerry? How did this happen? That's, well, that's the what so what,
0: what we heard was that there was a final interview in Arizona with uh, Kenny, Jerry, and Rick, and uh, all three men unanimous unanimously picked Pedro Grifo. Um Also, uh, Kenny or not Kenny, but uh, Rick mentioned that Jerry, after the process was done, uh, Jerry said that the process was like the Bulls process of hiring Arturis Karnashovas yep. and uh, Mark well Eversley, um, and then which led to Billy Donovan. So uh, obviously, you know, Rick Hahn in this case would be AK um, or Mark Eversley. But, you know, in, in a way, you know, Jerry seemed approving of what happened because he's approving what happened with the Bulls.
2: I'm, I am shocked, but it's cool.
3: That's good. That's good. And maybe just like the Bulls situation, hearing the fire Tony things gave some impetus for maybe going in that direction. But Tony uh, unfortunately got ill and that was the, the disp- departure. I wish he would have got fired on his own volition <laughs> because he earned yeah, that firing. Oh, he sure did. He well, earned that firing so, like a mother. Here's the thing.
0: I was listening to our guys, Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes uh, on the score driving in. And Dan Bernstein said the biggest question he wanted to answer in this press conference was what is Tony the Russes, uh, Future or current status with the White Sox, that was not asked. Nope. It was a three-year contract. That was year two. Is Tony LaRussa still somehow involved in this organization? As Dan said, when Tony was in this organization, he was the second most powerful person behind Jerry Reinsdorf in this organization. That question still hasn't been answered. It seems like he's not around. It seems like Great. he's still taking care of himself in Arizona. It seems like they have parted ways. But that has not been confirmed.
3: No, I don't. I mean, if he's just a front office guy with very little, no, say so. No. I'm fine with that. Like nope. a like a G
2: T F O T L R,
3: like Amen. a glorified figurehead where they just pay him money and he thinks that he's making decisions. He's saying stuff to Jerry, he's saying stuff to Kenny, he's saying stuff to Rick, and they don't let that message get down to Pedro. Fine. Otherwise, no, get him off our team. As Lauren said behind the mic, I don't want to hear from Tony LaRusa ever again in White Sox circles. As Kenny said back when he was talking about Frank Thomas, stay out of White Sox business. Yeah, and Kirk
0: saying, I thought it was confirmed that TLR recommended Griffol uh, in the first place. Uh, that is, I, I don't think, true at all. Uh, Mike I Shirley th- has a connection with Pedro Griffol from the minor leagues when they played. Chris Getz has a connection with Griffol when he was in the Royal system. Um, I don't think that that was.
3: But I also said. think Tony did
0: say he was all good. He was A-OK. Well, I think George Brett talked to Tony Larusa, and that was the thing that confused people was then uh, George Brett, you know, mentioned Tony Larusa, and everyone was freaking out. I just think George Brett and Tony La Russa had a separate conversation because those guys are both baseball men and, you know, whatever. Um, there's a lot of respect there for George. Um, so, yeah, I just think it was that. I just think that George Brett – who also knows Pedro Griffol. Who also knows Tony LaRusso? who also apparently
3: loves to drink. Her and, lo- and loves to poop in Las Vegas. Oh Jesus. Um <laughs> great story. Awesome story. Uh, if you guys don't know about the George Brett pooping in Las Vegas story, just check it out. George Brett shits himself, I think is the story you can call it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I haven't heard anything from Tony LaRusso about Griffal though, uh, to okay. answer uh, Kirk's question there. Um Yeah, Melissa's saying George Brett said he told TLR, so I think just they had a conversation about it separately. But I don't think TLR is currently involved, but that hasn't been confirmed. Uh, And you mentioned, too, what Pedro Grifol said about the 2022 White Sox and about preparing to play against them, as he has been the Royals' bench coach for the past three years, he said, "quote It was a really difficult club to prepare for. If their energy was high, they could beat anyone in the game. If the energy wasn't, we were able to have success against them. Against them, mm. uh, success, uh, some success. They had a winning record. They were ten and nine against the White Sox in 2022. Uh, they were." 10-9 against the White Sox in 2021. They were 10-9 and nine against the White Sox in 2019. The only time they couldn't beat them was 2020 uh, when that energy was
3: high for those 60 games. So maybe, And just think about those damn Royals teams. Right, None but, of well, them were don't, good. Don't. It'll make you sad. None of them were good. You just get mad at Mike Massey, uh, Brother Rice's finest. Right, Ugh. my guy, get re- get my mad guy. at Naperville
2: Central's Nikki Lopez. I was just gonna say Naperville Central's Nikki Lopez, whose dad's in and Vinny Pescuatino.
0: We're getting rid of we're getting rid of the whole Nikki Lopez thing. All right, we're making this a whole Mike Massey bit. If there's gonna be one <laughs> lo- local guy on the Royals, sure, it's gonna be sure. fucking Mike Massey, who played in Chicago. That's right. It's the Chicago White Sox, yeah. 99th ninth Pulaski, my friends. All right, right, take the
2: drive. That's it's
0: barely Chicago. still in the <laughs> still still in the area. You yeah, know it's not Naperville?
2: This is C H. You, not NPVL. Thank you. All right. And
0: you know what? That's why we have the best coverage for your favorite teams. So why not get fitted in the best sports gear around FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north or south side, whether you're on 99th Pulaski, you're definitely not on 115th of Pulaski because that's all set, my friends, and you're in Maris territory, and that's not Chicago. That's ugly. With hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between, get decked out like DeMar with apparel from leaders in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, F-O-C-O, looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze, my friends, so check out FOCO.com, again, F-O-C-O, C Co. or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off. Don't use NPVL. All right. Use C H G O <laughs> for all non-presale items to use the promo code C uh, for uh 10% off. Again, all non-presale items and next up we got game time Herb's a big fan of game time mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of game time they're the hottest new ticketing site around that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows if you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could maybe the 50 yard line court side floor seats at a concert it's possible with the game time app the biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy you won't be able to find a better deal this season on bowls Blackhawks or Bears tickets. We have the CHGO Bears tailgate coming up this Sunday. You have the Chicago team taking on the Miami team. It's our official tailgate for that. Uh, we do have tickets still available at allchgo.com but it's about a 15 minute walk from Soldier Field. So if you are looking for something to do on Sunday, uh, I think it's going to be one of the last fantastic days to be out at Soldier Field uh, Sunday. Looking uh, six- yes,
2: Shawnee, uh, uh, I've, I've been told that it uh, looks to be 65 degrees <laughs> and uh, half Potentially some sunshine. There was some talk <coughs> of rain early in the week, but I believe that's cleared up now. Your Thank Tom you.
3: Skilling is pretty impeccable. No, it's fantastic. I was
2: told an hour ago that it was more of a Casey Kasem based. I
3: see Casey Kasem in there, yeah, but I I, more. I I initially knew it was Tom I, Skilling. I, I
2: haven't listened to a lot of Tom lately, so I have just been doing that out of uh, my. Do brain. you know oh, Tom Skilling?
3: Great. His brother. Oh, the Enron guy. Enron, the Enron guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, Enron guy. Just like two divergent paths right. in life. It's really amazing. Weird. Um, but that starts at eight a.m. So make sure you check out uh, our. Yep. It's, it's kind of like a skip in Skip Bayless and his brother Rick, Rick. So oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Cla- okay. uh, one's a D bag, one's Rick Bayless. <laughs> there
2: you
0: go. You know what I had at uh, the uh, the Chicago O'Hare Airport, my friends, before I went to uh, Las Vegas. What. From Frontera Grill Ooh. by Rick Phelous. Ah, and I watched Ooh. some Skip on the plane. I'm kidding. I would never <laughs> do that. Uh, but anyways, head to allchgo.com if you want to check out our tailgate. And again, if you're looking for Bears tickets this Sunday, head over to Game Time. It was created by the fans, for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. And if you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the Lincoln through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. We will be having our guy Vinny Duber joining us soon. The beat writers are getting to talk to Pedro. Uh, So, you know, he's he's getting a little powwow with Pedro, which should be fun. Um, So what was the next biggest takeaway here, Herb? Because I I think there was some interesting stuff. Uh, I know someone brought up the Abreu comment. Um, I didn't read much into it. I didn't think that there was anything to glean from that. Just a guy who is new at the job that definitely didn't want to say anything about the franchise stalwart.
3: Yeah, um, I think the most uh, thing I took out of the second most was the whole Charlie Montoyo thing, where Rick said it wasn't an arranged marriage. That shit sounds like an arranged marriage because they asked Pedro before that question was asked you know, what experience do you have with Charlie Montoya before? He's like, yeah, I talked to him on the phone a couple times, been on the field, blah, blah, blah. But pretty much that, you know, he didn't hire him necessarily, but they said it was a collaboration of him and Rick Hahn coming to an agreement for Charlie Montoya. As I said before, if you're hired for the job as manager and you're responsible for all the people in the clubhouse or in the dugout, you should hire those people out of your own volition not hey we have this guy would that guy be amenable to you it'd be like hey you have this job who the hell do you want and even if that meant that Ethan Katz and Kurt Hassler doesn't come back I would have been reluctant but I would have understood I was like hey that's his job if he feels that he has a better pitching coach than Ethan Katz good luck to you but that's his job. He should be filling out the rest of the roster and the rest of the uh, uh, people who are on his coaching staff by himself with the counsel from Rick and T- Kenny and them. little counsel, but also, hey, these are my people. I get to go with my people. If you're going to be having me responsible for the record, I got to have the people who are going to be coaching with me and I got to be comfortable with them. I remember when Robin Mentura got hired, they gave him Mark Parent as if that Mark Parent was going to be the guy that helps Shepard uh robin ventura through the tough waters of the al central and i think after a year or two they're like "Nah, mark parent sucks and that's why they got uh Ooh. ricky Renteria a
2: because lot of he mark was parent, more 1988 tops baseball oh yeah who was a, a padre yeah Ooh. oh yeah.
0: yeah parent was never a manager yeah. in the league and the thing too is like yes that seems like a bad connection but maybe there's something a little bit more deeper here david hall did ask for a little bit more clarity on what the montoyo relationship was like um and rick ended up saying that in the second interview uh that they started bringing up the name Charlie Montoyo and that it was a very uh you know he was a very sought after bench coach or a very sought after person to bring into your organization because the guy had a five hundred record in the AL East which So White would, Sox. So White Sox, but they White Sox wouldn't go five hundred in the AL East. Oh yeah they would. No, they, they wouldn't Yeah they would they would. the just, AL East the, the, White the Orioles would, were
3: handing them their lunch money. The White Sox would just Know Get adapted to the to the circumstances they're in. They'd be like, all right, we're in the AL East, time to be 500. We're in the AL Central, time to be 500. I don't know about that. AL West, time to be 500. That's what they are. I would venture to guess the White Sox all-time record is probably 500. It,
0: it, I think it's close. No, I, I honestly <laughs> think it is. Um, so the thing that I think is connecting or possibly connecting the two, um, Kevin Cash went to Florida State, yep. was the manager for the Royals, and ha- or the Rays, and has been the manager since 2015. His first bench coach. Charlie Montoya. Where did Pedro Grifold go? Florida State. So I do wonder if maybe there's a Kevin Cash connection there, and maybe there is a little bit of a Charlie Montoya connection there, where he. the big thing that he talked about was his presence in the locker room, his uh, bilingual uh, and ability to communicate with the, the the players. I don't think that Pedro Griffol who's one thing in the world is to be an MLB manager, is going to scoff at Charlie Montoya, who has a ton of experience in the game. And this is a guy, Pedro Griffol who has managed a ton in the minor leagues. What Charlie Montoyo is known for doing is being a minor league manager. Um, he has the most, I think managerial wins in, in, in history or something like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, most uh, uh, wins as a manager for the uh, triple, uh, the race, triple a affiliate, the uh, uh, Durham Bulls. Durham Bulls. Um, so he has 633 wins in Durham. Like, I just think that Pedro Graffol as such a, baseball guy can find so much to respect about a guy like Charlie Montoya where again if it's all about collaboration if it's all about communication that shouldn't be too much of an issue because
3: there should be enough respect between Montoya and Griffol. just before we go to, to Vinny White Sox record in 122 seasons 9,492 to 9,390 they're 503 winning percentage.
0: Okay, hey, they're not too bad. Uh, let's head out to Guaranteed Rave Field. We got our CHGO White Sox beat writer uh, over at Guaranteed Ray Field. We have Vinny Duber joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber.
1: Vinny, first impressions on the new manager. Well, I think you got to be able to uh, say that he won the press conference, right? I mean, uh, you know, certainly everybody should be uh, uh, on board with a lot of the things he was saying. I, as he was talking, I couldn't help but think back to all those complaints that you heard from fans throughout the 2022 season, and it almost seemed like he was, uh, you know, addressing them head on. You know, he used the words communication and energy and accountability and stuff that everybody was begging for. Um, the big takeaway for, for me from today is that, it is new. Uh, it is it is the the White Sox getting what Rick head, Rick Hans said they needed, which was an outside perspective, a, an injection of new ideas, a uh, a something different from that insular White Sox DNA that we'd seen in in all the other managerial hires prior. Um, this is uh, something that is going to be different uh, about the White Sox, and I think uh, that. Uh, Pedro knew that because what did he do right off the bat? He was promising, he was guaranteeing that the 2023 White Sox were gonna play in a way, and then he listed all the things that you can expect from them, and it was all different from what we saw last year. So I really think that he was almost, uh, you know, you you talk about that when when you apply for a job, they say that you're supposed to write the cover letter and your resume based on the job listing. It really seems like Pedro did that today in his preparation for uh, this press conference when he was uh, going through and listing all the things that. That he was going to do to this White Sox organization. Uh, it sounded like it was going to fill all those needs and really when you talk about the what we've been talking about for weeks and months now, the the kind of stuck situation that this roster might be in and Rick Hahn even addressed it a very tiny bit today when he said don't necessarily expect big drastic change coming to this roster. Um, then the improvement has to come from inside. The improvement has to come from the guys who are already here, and it sounds like Pedro was talking about getting the kind of play out of these guys that White Sox fans were begging for throughout a very disappointing 2022 season.
2: That
0: list was too on the nose, in my opinion. That was way too. And it, when he ended on accountability, that was just too grand. I was trying to type it all up too, um, but it was just too much, like to fit in a tweet. But it was, uh, you know, we got to earn the trust back of the fans, which is something Rick said in the press conference. Fundamentally sound. Uh, fundamentally sound. Got to play with pride and passion, which is a former trademark of the White Sox. It was. Like there was just too, too much White Sox in that one. But I, I,
3: again, That's he cool. won me at that moment because I was like, hey, he's saying everything right. And speaking of that, I don't know if I've ever seen Rick Hahn that happy at a press conference. I mean, what was his mood, Vinny? How did you feel about oh, Did we lose Vinny? Oh, no, we and, lost Vinny. What happened? Oh no! Oh no! Oh, oh, we'll we'll the, try and get him back. We'll, no. try get him back. <sighs> we'll try and get him back.
2: I was just about to ask him about Rick Cheese in here. here. here he we go. He's coming right back. We're Let's in. try and get him in here. Uh, he's in the green room. And all right, here's Vinny. Is. Sorry, we yes. lost
3: you for a second. Um. Oh, Rick was very frozen. happy today, grinning from ear to ear from Hold time on, he, to time. He is frozen. I, he's that's, still oh, frozen. Oh, he's right. frozen. Oh, boy. Vinny is frozen.
2: Mm, let's. I see his face uh, let's right there. let close him out again, and we'll try and get him back right, We'll talk to
0: Vinny in just a, a little second here. Uh, but, yeah, I, winning the press conference, always an important
3: thing. And he did his homework. That's good. You need to know about White Sox tradition and their fans in particular to win over them because they don't want some – you're an outsider – Chicago is a very provincial city already where outsiders are kind of looked at it with a jaundiced eye. He came in and he's like, Hey man, pride and passion. He's going to he brought up like a uh, Waldo, the wolf. I know Vinny would be <laughs> like, I'm in. That's my guy. Well, yeah, that's my guy. I was just
0: happy. This wasn't like name that 1983
3: white Sox. maybe a rhubarb. I'll be like, Hey, look at this guy, Pedro grief knowing his whole white Sox." But my question was, have you ever seen uh, Rick Hahn at a press conference so happy? And how was the mood in that whole room?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I, I saw the jokes on Twitter that he was, the, the distinction that was being drawn from the last time they introduced a manager to now, uh, but certainly, no,
2: damn it, damn it, what's going on at G rays? So promising, what's happening?
1: They really found the guy that they had uh, in mind here. You know, I think this is somebody that they really. We're blown away by someone who, I mean, and guys, the, Rick couldn't say no pun intended when he said knocked our socks off. Come on. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I mean, I truly think that it happened when you talk about he talking about that the Pedro was the second guy they interviewed for the job. And in the six subsequent interviews, he kept comparing everybody to Pedro. So, I mean, we're losing, Jenny.
2: Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't is... know what's going on at the G rate
1: they seemed to find somebody here who they really, really wanted, and they went after it. I'm sorry for the technical difficulties here, too. I know it's a, yeah, skipping around a bit. Are
2: you on 3G today at the G-Rate?
3: <laughs> I might be. I, I mean, might be, ha- but yeah. They did have problems with the uh, feed at uh, NBC Sports yeah. Chicago, too, they had to cut out a couple times. So the internet might not be – it might have been turned off for the winter.
0: But it, like you said, uh, they were comparing Pedro to every single guy that they interviewed, and it seemed like he really did just win them over early and often. I do just want to keep talking about old press conferences really quick. Um, do, do we have – oh, one second. I'm give giving me one, one minute. Second. All right, go we're going to – one second. Never mind. They're, they're, um, <laughs> but uh, before we go into that, uh, you guys had to – uh, a little bit uh, more with Pedro after the press conference. Uh, was there much to glean from that little chat with Pedro? A little bit more? And it looks like Vinny froze again. All right, so Herb seems like we're going to be chatting with ourselves here. That's cool. Maybe I'll do an ad read right now, and then we will see if we get Vinny back here. Um, Vinny is uh, not really in studio right now. That's why we're having these uh, technical difficulties. But if he was, he would really need a pair of Shady Rays. This is such a bright and sunny studio at about 3 p.m. when we're doing this show. That sun's going to be right in my face when I'm talking to Cody. But Shady Rays is trying to figure that out. They're trying to give you quality sunglasses that are affordable. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles cater to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear if you lose or break your shades on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked if you dropped it in a lake maybe you dropped it off a cliff maybe you dropped it off some other dangerous you know uh very very uh yeah what's something else precarious uh situation maybe you dropped it off a, a your your a building Maybe you dropped it off a, um, uh, what's it called? A, a patio.
3: We well, said when you're in uh, Vegas that you're going to go to uh, the Bellagio and see all the uh, water spectacular and drop it into the water. If you do that, Shady Rays will give you your sh- give you f-
2: free shades back.
0: La- Lago de Bellagio. That thing is huge. Yeah. You could swim in that thing. Uh, and you could Some drop do. and Great lose. Great
2: idea it. to put a giant uh, man-made lake in Las Vegas, which is a desert. Right.
0: Uh, there's so much water in that place. Yeah, we're not in a drought. No. Um, and that's the thing, though. Uh Even if you drop it in the lake of the Bellagio, uh, Shady Rays is going to replace it. So they have over... 200,000 five-star reviews uh, because they make quality sunglasses that just look like the expensive pair that Herb uh, shelled out for a while back. Not anymore, because he has Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, too, you could take advantage of their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. You buy one, you get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. And our next partner is DraftKings. You can see in the top right, they are our draft or their our betting sponsor and now NBA fans the wait's over basketball is back so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA new customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins if you bet on the Bulls last night like I told you you should you would have gotten $200 in free bets you could also take advantage of their stepped up same game parlays you can boost everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings with bigger payouts than ever DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. I also go there to bet on college football. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO and make any five dollar bet this week and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show description for more details. All right, let's try this again with Vinny out at Guaranteed Ray Field oh fingers crossed here we crossed. go here we go all third
1: right. time's the charm if I strike out I strike out all
0: right so let's just go right into the graphic uh, you mentioned old press conferences you've been at a lot of these uh, you mentioned that we had old pictures of Rick and we have old pictures of the great who member uh, you who are a founding member of uh, a great 70s rock band uh, back in 2020 uh, love the look where did this press conference rank uh, you had the Tony La Russa press conference you had the Rick Renteria press conference now you have Pedro uh, where does this rank in the ones that you've covered
1: I mean, certainly for my look, I think it's below Tony LaRusso's. But, uh, yeah, the uh, (laughs) – no, I mean, listen, I think everybody was shocked uh, the last time we did one of these. And I think everybody was like, what is happening? What is this? What is going on? Uh, This time around, it's a little more uh, by the book, I think. And uh, I I think you saw um, a guy – who's getting his first shot at this who is very uh but but very ready for his first shot and I think you're seeing a guy who's very energetic about this again I'm not saying Tony La Russa was not enthused about getting this job and this chance he kept talking about how cool it was to get to step back into it and have a team that was built and ready to win like this Pedro Grifol said the same thing he's happy to be part of a team that's built to win and built to succeed but he had a laundry list of things that they are going to do differently. And, and, and you could tell, uh, listen, Rick Hahn's uh, big compliment, big thing that stuck out about Pedro was how good of a game planner he was, how good he was at preparation when it came to uh, offense and, and all of that sort of stuff. Pedro was prepared for today, and I think he's been prepared for it for a very, very long time, and I think that came through.
3: Any takeaways from where you and the uh, fellow beat writers had a separate uh, interview with Pedro Griffith,
1: any takeaway from that conversation? Uh, again, I think prepared, ready to get to work. Uh, he, said he "He said, One thing he said to us was, man, he was just outside on the field. It would have been a nice day to play some postseason baseball today on the <laughs> south side of Chicago. Um, he, the, the main thing, and I'll be writing about this later, but the, the the thing that he said was this White Sox team reminds him of where the Royals were in 2013 before they went back to back-to-back World Series. And a lot of White Sox fans are going to go, huh, what? They're supposed to be a lot better than that. And he said that this team has won a division in 2021. But he said in 2013 and 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 leading into the Royals uh back-to-back penance there, it took somebody coming in from outside the organization to tell the white to tell the Royals how good they were, to make them realize, hey, you're capable of doing this. You're really, really good. That person was Raul Abanias, who was a player at the time. Uh and, and Pedro said that Raul had a had a players-only meeting when he first got traded there and was like, Get ready to go because you guys are good and can do this. Um, and and I and when he was done telling that story, I go, "Can you be that guy for this White Sox team?" And He says, "I can be that guy, absolutely." Nice. And and so I think uh, coming in from the outside, he's going to be the guy that um, that tells the White Sox what they haven't been hearing from the inside. And and Tony La Russa was a very unique situation, right? Because not only did he have, you can talk about White Sox DNA all you want, but he had Tony Larusa DNA. You know what I mean? He had done this before. He had won before. He knew what uh, had worked in the past for him. I think uh, this is a, a much different situation in which it is going to be, hey, here's how we're supposed to play. Let's go figure out every single way possible we can do in the way to play the way that we're supposed to play.
0: Yeah, it just seemed like a lot of expectations or a lot of pressure. And I understand Tony de was supposed to be the guy that was supposed to be able to take that on. But he didn't really have that, I think, touchstone to today's game uh, because of that absence of being out of, of of the league for so long. But that's, again, why, you know, that story about Ra- Raul Albañez, why people thought of him as to be a great manager. But when you're speaking about that Raul thing, it reminds me of Elvis Andrews coming in here and being like, Hey, you're the most talented team I've ever played on. What the hell? Like, let's go. Um, They kind of had that a little bit. So I, I do wonder how else they're trying to try to, you know, put that into the White Sox clubhouse in 2023. If it is more player acquisitions, um, he did address Jose Abreu. Um, did we? Could we glean anything from that? I, I you know, Herb and I, kind of said, not really. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the only player that was brought up today, right?
1: Yeah, the only other one was in the in the in the separate session that we had with him. Uh, he did uh, unprompted bring up yoan uh, Moncada. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to nice to get him back to a guy that walks eighty times a year. Uh, the incredible on base skills that he has, and try to uh, you know do that more. So uh, there was a lot of stuff that he was talking about in terms of offensive approach and talking to guys about things that they might not have heard of before uh, or heard in the right way before, uh, some analytical stuff, some uh, some fun acronyms for you there, Sean. But, uh, you know, I think uh, to, 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 to inform these guys a little bit more uh, is something that he wants to do, and he thinks that it can uh, work for this team.
3: The thing that I took away, besides the heartwarming story he led off with, is I'm going to paraphrase. He said, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I need to leave that room. It's a brilliant statement that's been said time and time again but I believe that he believes in that and he wants a collaborative effort between his coaches himself the players he even said like this is going to be from everybody this is everybody has ownership in the White Sox success and it was good to hear that you know and we're going to rag on Tony because it's different where Tony said you know I have an office they have a locker room type of thing it didn't seem like he was separating himself as Hey, I'm the, I'm the boss and you guys are my underlings. It seemed like he was like, Hey, we're all in this together. And I just happen to be the manager.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that he's going to come in. Uh, he used the word stickler a few times when it comes to fundamental mistakes. Uh, it talked extensively about how, uh, uh you know, the, the Royals prided themselves on defense and base running and playing the right way. And, you know, pointing to that as being a reason they won the world series in 2015. Uh, He said that works in October, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, you're going to see somebody who wants them to minimize these mistakes that they, that they, that we saw all too many times in, uh, in 2022. Um, He used the word accountability, but he said, when I asked him, what does accountability mean to you? He said, it means giving these guys a voice because if, if you don't, if you don't, if they don't feel like they're a part of this, then what are you holding them accountable for? Uh, and I think that um, that is maybe a, a different approach, but, but certainly everything about this is going to be a different approach. You know, uh, even if there are some overlaps, I'm sure Tony La and, and Pedro Griffo both know what take, what it takes to win baseball games. And they're probably a lot of the same things, but Everything about this is going to be different. And I, I really think that's the main takeaway from not just this hire, but today it, it, as well. Uh, just this is this is new. This is newness coming to the south side. And uh, I think it's something that, uh, that that was needed. It's something that they've been um, you know, talking about wanting, talking about looking outside the organization and what they can learn. Rick Hahn said it confirmed a lot of the stuff that they thought were problems. This whole process, uh, you know, uh, uh, was was confirmation and that they had identified the right things that they need to fix. But now go take that one step further and bring in somebody who has some new ideas on how to fix them.
0: Yeah, the game planning part sounds the most interesting to me just because how many right handers generic right handers did we see just go up against the White Sox and have the same game plan and have it work. So did we get a little bit more insight to how he developed the way he is researched or game planned or what type of, uh, you know, game planner he is like, do we get any uh, insight that you thought was interesting from him about that?
1: I think it comes down to just having that knowledge base, uh, and and he really sounds like. Remember, Rick Hahn stood up at the at the end of the season and said, "We want somebody who who knows how the game has evolved over the last decade, but is also in tune with the old school ways." Kind of thing, and and Pedro really kind of sounded like you know you threw those words into a machine and out popped a, a person in Pedro Graffola who who kind of uh, you know. He,
0: good there Oof,
2: man, game. he is falling he off a lot of pitches. Stuff, down so. oh, there we go. He's back. He's back. back. Go ahead, Wait, no,
1: he's frozen still. <laughs> uh, there, he there we go. There we go. There he is. uh But again, I i, I just say emerging of kind of that analytical mind that people are thinking about that he's learned over years now, as well as that tried and true, you know, make sure you're catching the ball and make sure you're running hard and trying hard and being intense and all that kind of thing. So, I think uh, I think the White Sox got exactly what they were looking for, and we'll see if that translates into a championship-winning team. Uh, again, Herb, I think we're on the same page here when we think uh, the players have a lot more to do with it than the manager does. But uh, certainly getting the kind of guy who can foster the environment that you want, that you think is going to, believe, uh, to, to make that championship happen, uh, is obviously a big plus.
0: Right. If he does everything that he's talking about, the White Sox should be pretty good, which is, which is, you know, because they have so much talent, which is, you know, what you're saying, like you need an outside voice to go tell them how good they are, but also give them the tools to help them improve or give them the best heads up into that game. I do want to talk a little bit more about the actual interview process. Uh, Rick Hahn said they had a list of 30, then whittle that down to eight names from seven organizations. Uh, And then I think you mentioned how many
1: interviews did he end up having? Six? Am I wrong about that? Well, I was referencing those eight guys. Uh, oh, so okay. uh, gotcha. Pedro was the second of those eight that were interviewed, and he said that he kept thinking about Pedro as he interviewed the other six, the remaining yeah. six, I should say. Yeah, gotcha.
0: And then after the, the, those eight, I know Rick mentioned that it was it wasn't then down to the finalists. What was round two? Did they go down to five? Did he mention the number that he went down to?
1: I don't remember a specific number that okay. they went to a second round, but they had a second round of interviews with multiple people. I know that, so um, yeah. I mean, you know, you could probably count up a lot of the guys who were reported and, and fill up that those eight names almost all the way, uh, maybe not all the way, but uh, a good portion of them. Um, but yeah, I think you know they were they were considering a lot of folks, and they were able to talk to eight of, of them, and uh, this is uh, the result. So uh, I think it's the search that White Sox fans wanted them to do you know obviously i'm sure people uh, had different opinions on where it ended but uh, i think this is the search that uh, that you know hearing from hearing from people outside the organization i think this is exactly what people who wanted that uh, this is what they got
0: right and even the part 2 where uh, he mentioned when In the interview or the first interview with Chris and Rick, he said it was like being 20 years or being back 20 years and being in a clubhouse and just talking strategy, Um, which, you know, hey, he had a long interview just like Ozzie Guillen did.
2: So, uh, you know, yeah.
3: And I wanted to know, like, I think it was early in the uh, presser where he pretty much discussed uh, how he plans on keeping these White Sox healthy. I like that he said he's going to have an individual approach with all these guys in spring training. What else did, did he say during that uh, that impressed you or that he said that he's going to be doing to keep these White Sox players on the field like they weren't in 2022?
1: Well, I'll say this. First of all, I'm not sure how much he has to do with that. Do you know what I mean? These guys were getting injured, and uh, if you're injured, you can't play. Uh, but I'll say this. He, was ta- he did go in very in-depth about kind of um, off days, which fans hate. Um, but they're very beneficial to players throughout the course of a very long 162-game se- season. Uh, and Pedro talked about scheduling them and letting the players know when they're coming. And I'm not saying that other managers don't do that. Maybe that's what Tony La Russa did, but the way Pedro framed it was if they know that a breather is coming, they can keep giving you the full amount of their energy all the way up until there, whereas it's, if it's kind of a situation where they never know when they're going to need a day off or get a day off... They might start, you know, dragging a little bit. And, um, you know, he said, too, that those are good ways to uh, figure out whether guys are giving you the intensity that you need from them. You know, if they have a day off scheduled for a Sunday and there's an off day for the team on Monday and the guy is uh, dragging it a little bit on Friday, that might be something that's not so acceptable in in Pedro Grafal's clubhouse. So, um You know, It is is something, I I don't think there's going to be a situation where uh, you're going to see every guy on this team play 160 games next season. It's probably not even going to be 150 for most of them because, listen, injuries happen. Um, But there's a reason he was asked about it because it was a gigantic storyline, not just last year but the year before with this White Sox team. Uh, There's going to be a lot more that needs to happen and a lot more out of the manager's control to uh, focus in on. Uh, keeping these guys on the field, I think that's probably more of a front office, uh, you know, strength and conditioning type situation. But, um, you know, there definitely is thought to just, you know, needing a breather here and there. And I think Pedro Graffoli is definitely going to do that. Uh, for folks thinking that they're only going to see the same nine position players in every single game this year, I'm sorry. Because Pedro was talking about how you got to use the whole roster. You got to keep your bench fresh and you got to keep your starters fresh by using bench guys as well. So um, there's going to be a day. When uh, Larry Garcia starts, you know there's gonna be a day when it's not uh, when it's not everybody that you'd plug into the fantasy lineup. But uh, listen, that's baseball. That's not uh, that's not you uh, getting the raw end of the deal as a fan. That's just how baseball works. I think that's
0: all I have for you, Vinny. The only thing I think I want to ask about would be the coaching staff that will be with Pedro, Uh, Ethan Katz, and Kurt Hassler are remaining in their positions as pitching coach and uh, bullpen coach, and then Charlie Montoyo was confirmed uh, by Rick Hahn as the next bench coach. Uh, What can we take from the Charlie Montoyo hire, uh, from what both Pedro and Rick said, and then also what can we glean
1: might happen with the other positions like first base coach, their base coach, and hitting coach? I'll take the second part first and that it, it was very much implied that it will probably not be anybody who who had that job with for the White Sox in 2022. Um you know I think that there are still conversations to be had and, and maybe there and Rick Hahn said there are internal candidates to fill those roles but he said that more likely than not the vast majority of them will be filled by people from outside the organization. And to me, that was a pretty strong uh, message from him that, that it was going to be a much different looking coaching staff next year, uh, with the exception of obviously the two guys running the pitching uh, uh, situation here and who have done so with very good success over the past two seasons. Um, Charlie Montoyo, I think is a, uh, Very good news for anybody who's uh, worried about a first-year manager, uh, you know, maybe being a little uh, in too far over his head uh, with a team that's going to have championship-level expectations again in 2023. Um, I I don't think Pedro Grifol gave you any reason to believe that that would be the case with him specifically. But, hey, Charlie Montoyo, who's done the job not only as a manager in a very competitive AL East, but who did the job as a longtime bench coach in the very competitive AL East. Uh, This is a guy who's been there and done that. And I think to be able to have that guy and that experience to lean on for somebody who's never done this job before uh, at this level. Um, is is only a good thing. Uh, and so I think uh, that you can just point to Charlie Montoya's resume as some, as something that's going to be a very big benefit for this White Sox team.
0: I think Pedro mentioned that he's only talked to Charlie a couple times uh, before. It doesn't seem like they have a deep connection. Uh, Charlie Montoya, though, was the bench coach on Kevin Cash's staff from 2015 to about 2018, and Kevin Cash played at Florida State, so did Pedro Griffel. Um, different eras, I think about six years apart, but they probably know each other just being baseball guys. Uh, do you Think that's important that they don't have that deep of a relationship, or what is what more? What is more important about Montoyo is that deep resume that you mentioned.
1: Yeah, again, it's it's new ideas, right? It's it's fresh perspectives. Like if you're gonna just if you're just gonna import the entire Kansas City Royals coaching staff, you know, you're you're putting yourself at you know not a disadvantage because obviously it's new to the White Sox, but um, to get as many kind of perspectives and, and 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 ideas as possible, I think is the goal here, and I think that it is in line very much with the big takeaway from this hire in general let's keep bringing in people with who have done this before who have observed from the outside who know what they're doing from a baseball standpoint and get them to to work with this group so it's not just the same old same old over again and uh, whether that's Grifol, whether that's Montoya or any of the other coaches that they bring in uh, to fill some of these other jobs you know I think that's what you got listen Ethan Katz only been here two years you know I mean like he he's He's, he came in and brought outside ideas into this, into this situation to a position, by the way, that, that had been the same guy for decades. You know what I mean? So this, it, it, is, it, it can work in, in, in any of those jobs. And I think the White Sox would be well, uh, well served to uh, bring in as many different uh, uh, kind of ideas as they can.
0: Yes, and uh, whatever ideas Don Cooper is thinking, hopefully they're thinking the opposite, Um, just because we brought up the pitching coach that was there for decades. Uh, CHGO Sports in the comments? Just in general, too. Not
1: necessarily regarding pitching, but just in general.
0: Fair. Um, As uh, Lawrence put in the comments there, uh, appreciate everyone joining us today. Please hit the like button and subscribe uh, to our channel so you don't miss out anything as well. Um, The one thing, too, the other name that you might want to add on to – you know, the potential list that might join the White Sox. Mike Tosar, um, he is currently with the Royals, uh, currently the special uh, hitting assignment uh, coach with the Royals. He's like a lifelong friend of of Griffol. So if there's one guy that I think is safe to assume would join the staff, I I would say Tosar. But hey, that is the first pitch I'm swinging at. Maybe that will be a strike one of my new count. Uh, That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. I'm assuming you'll have an article up at all CHGO Today.
1: So a fairly safe assumption, I'd say. Okay, <laughs> especially
0: with you talking to Pedro. So check out allchgo.com and make sure you check out his Twitter, at Vinny Duber, to see when that's posted. You can follow Herb Lawrence on Twitter, at ecknerwall 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We will talk to you all on Sunday. Thank you very much for watching, and congratulations to Pedro Griffol. Yes.
2: It's
0: uh, nice to meet him. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Go Sox.